Turn back to Hebrews. And Josh is going to come up and give us the next reading. G'day again. Um, second Bible reading for today is Hebrews chapter 7, verses 1 to 3. So a nice short one. All right, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1. This Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of God Most High. He met Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, the name Melchizedek means king of righteousness. Then also, king of Salem means king of peace. Without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, resembling the son of God, he remains a priest forever. Ladies and gentlemen, now it's time to introduce Jesus, your high priest, in a way you've never thought of him before. You've heard of him as a priest, but he's no ordinary priest. You've heard of high priest, but he's no ordinary high priest. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say Jesus is different. Jesus is our better high priest. Why? Because he has the Melchizedek Factor. Okay, Melchizedek, Melchizedek. This is just to accent how great Melchizedek was and how important it is that we understand Melchizedek. Now, who is Melchizedek? Okay, adults, he comes up three places in the Bible only. He comes up in Genesis 14, he comes up in Psalm 110, and he comes up here in Hebrews chapter 6 and 7. That's it. If you've read those passages, you know everything there is to know about Melchizedek, right? So, who is he? Now, I need two adult men who will volunteer to come up and illustrate, and there are two wonderful men over there, and I'd like you to put your hands together for Tony and Napier. This is your great moment, gents. It doesn't get better than this. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, Napier, you're very esteemed and austere. I'd like you to put this on. You get to be Abraham. I do? You do, you do. Now, I've always wondered how to put this on, but I think one arm goes sort of under yeah, just under there, and this one goes around there. It's a bit of a funny coat. Anyway, that's all right. Okay, and we'll put a little red thing around you, because I'm sure Abraham wore that. <laughs> and uh, if you put that on, please. All right, so you're Abraham now. Yeah, it's a moustache, it has to go. It's a bit tickly, I know, I've worn it before. Okay, so if you could just take a step back and face everyone, stand there, thank you very much. Uh, that's great. And now, Tony, guess who you get to be? <laughs> Melchizedek, okay. All right, so if you could... The colours of Glenelg. If you could pop that over your head, thank you very much. All right. These guys are great. Okay, now there is a, there is a sleeve... Okay, uh, just in here, very good, very good, very good. It's just here. I've got a broken arm. Oh, you've got a broken arm, okay. <laughs> you, look, you look a bit, um, Melchizedek looked better than that, I think. Um, <sighs> <laughs> 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 
This is meant to look impressive. All right. <laughs> okay, all right. So here we go. All right. Fix it. Sorry? You can put one arm in. You can put one arm in. One arm is right here. There we go. There we go. There we go. And, and anyway, okay, all right, well, just put your arm down. That's good. Okay, thank you. So, everyone, Abraham and Melchizedek. Okay, now, these are our visual illustrations to understand what's going on today. Okay, Abraham was a great man. God made his promises to him to bless the world. Abraham, at one point, defeated five kings in an astounding battle with only 318 men. Abraham, after that battle, took the plunder from that victory, and as he was coming back, he was met on the way by Melchizedek. This is in Genesis chapter 14. Now, the writer to the Hebrews wants to make the point that as wonderful as Tony is as an, and as equal, as, sorry, Napier is, as, and as equal these two men are in the sight of Christ, in the Bible, Melchizedek is greater than Abraham, all right? Now, how did this come out in the story? It came out in the story because when Abraham won the battle, Melchizedek came out and blessed Abraham. And whenever that happens in the Bible, the person getting blessed is not as great as the person who does the blessing. The person who does the blessing is greater than the one who gets blessed. Melchizedek blessed Abraham, showing that Melchizedek is greater than Abraham. And then also, even though Moses hadn't been born, the Old Testament law about tithing hadn't been written, when Abraham turned up with all the spoils of his war and the plunder. Abraham gave one-tenth of what he'd won to Melchizedek. So this is making the point in the story, and the writer picks it up, that in the Bible, Melchizedek, this strange figure, <laughs> is greater than Abraham. Melchizedek, he's a funny character. We don't know his parents. We don't know what happened to him after it. It's like he just appeared and then vanished. Almost like without beginning or end. And in that respect, he's like the son of God who does have no beginning or end. He just appears, all right? Now, so there he is, Melchizedek. I want you to give a round of applause to these men who've borne great indignity being up here, but thank you. Thank you so much. I was looking for your 10%. Oh, you wanted your 10%. <laughs> uh, now, this is tricky, isn't it? Do you really have a broken arm? No. You will have. You will have. <laughs> you got it? Okay, thank you, sir. You're very kind to come up. And you're, yeah, thank you for that. Oh, well, my pleasure. <laughs> Anytime. Okay. All right, so Melchizedek. Who is he? Oop, that doesn't work. Lucky I got another one.
I need a new pen. Melchizedek. His name, does anyone know what his name means? Melech in the Bible means king. Lucky I've got another text up. Zedek in the Bible, oh, there we go, means righteous. Melchizedek is the king of righteousness. He was also the king of Salem, the city we know as Jerusalem. So he was the king of Salem and Jeru Salom. Jeru means city. Salem is like the um, Jewish word shalom, which means peace. He was the king of righteousness and the king of peace. He was also a priest of God Most High. So we have this figure in the Old Testament who just appears, and he's a very special person. He's a priest of God. In fact, he's the first priest that appears in the Bible. He's a priest of God Most High, who is Abraham's Lord, and also he's a king of righteousness and a king of peace. A priest and a king in the one person. Now, this is what was different to the other priests in the Old Testament. Where's my pen? Okay, remember how you have, in the Old Testament, you have Abraham, and then Isaac, and then Jacob, and Jacob has 12 sons, however many that is. So, the priests in the Old Testament came from Levi. One of the sons was named Levi. I think he was the fourth born. And Levi, um, from him, the tribe of Levi, comes the Levites who are the priests in the Bible, right? But kings didn't come from the tribe of Levi. There was another son, Judah. And kings came from the line of Judah. You can't really read that, can you? But anyway, kings came from the line of Judah. So in the family of Abraham, in the story of the Bible, you cannot have someone who is at the same time a priest and also a king because they come from different tribes. Do you understand? Okay. This is why Melchizedek is different. He is both a priest and a king in one. And the writer to the book in Hebrews is saying, that is what we need. We really need this. You want to have a think about this. To have eternal life, for us to be able to stand in the presence of God, the awesome, holy, pure, immortal, imperishable, um, radiant, you know, God without sin, to stand before him Accepted, pure, spotless, blameless, without guilt and without shame. 
What are we going to need? We are going to need, first of all, a savior. Someone who will save us from the enemies of death and judgment and the power of sin over us. A savior king, someone who will fight for us to beat the enemies that we cannot fight and to beat the enemies that we cannot beat. Who is it who's going to rescue us from death? Who will rescue us from the judgment that comes after death? They are big enemies. We need a saviour king who will do this for us. And the good news is God has promised one. But of course the problem is deeper than that. Uh, Because we are rotten within. There is our sin, our record of objective sin and the sin within. There is our, in other words, our guilt and our depravity. And against these things, there is the righteous anger of God. Uh, He's not fickle, he doesn't just explode at a moment's notice. He, he, He cannot stand people who are rebellious against him to be in his presence. And he's rightfully angry because he, owed, we, he made us and made us for him and we have rebelled. So how do we stand in the presence of God with eternal life? You need a king who's going to save you, but we also need that saviour king to go into God's presence on our behalf and represent us before God because he is one who has dealt with our sin by offering a sacrifice which gets rid of it once and for all and gets rid of God's anger and makes us pure in God's sight. You need someone who's going to be your king and a priest in the same one. We need a high priest who is different to those that come in the Old Testament, different to the ones from the tribe of Levi. They could never be a king. We need a high priest in the order of Melchizedek, who was both at the same time a king and a priest. And the wonderful thing is that Jesus is that priest. He is a king from the tribe of Judah, but a high priest appointed by God, not just because he came from the right family, but because he has the power of an indestructible life. We're going to hear about that next. But for now, application, With a king like that and a better priest, we do not need other priests. Jesus is the only one we need. He alone is our hope. Okay. Um, We're moving on. Okay, next. I think we're having a song, aren't we? Yeah, thanks. Thanks.